Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Slay the Stars. It's our third Beyond the Stars episode, I believe. And this time, I have a very special guest, uh, Squidzy. Say hi. Hello. Hello. Sorry, my bird is, like, over here, so a little, like, ADD moment. No, that's fine. Uh, maybe your bird will, will come on camera shortly so I can see your bird. I want to see. Let's just get him on camera. Come here, buddy. I know. Oh my gosh. What is his name? His name is Ori. He's so cute. Thank you. He's an asshole. Yeah. Well. Are we allowed to curse on here? Yeah, yeah. We, we okay. curse all the time. <laughs> this is this is like rated R. It's fine. Oh, Anything perfect. Goes. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, let's just start here. Uh, tell me about you as a person. What do you do? What's your life? Like everything. All of it right now. Interview time. Perfect. It was just <laughs> trauma dump for a trauma second. Trauma dump. Um, no, so I am the partnering director of Lost Guide Games, um, Trauma Bond Studios. I design tabletops. I graphic design the tabletops. I do the layouts for tabletops. Um, I am kind of the face of everything. There's there's like six people behind me working. I promise. It's not just me, and they're not made <laughs> up. Um I'm just kind of the face. I'm the more sociable one, the more the community person. Um, I'm also a variety streamer, so I stream all kinds of stuff. Mostly horror. A lot of horror. Big horror fan. Um, and then my day job, I'm a mental health professional. I mean, that all tracks. All of that. <laughs> I mean, it all fits together so well. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, for the longest time, I was like, who all works with Squizzy on this? Because like, like, you are, like, the face. And then you know, through Neon Shadows and stuff, which we'll get to later. Um, I've gotten to know some of the other people who work with you. Um, and you'll get to know more when we do the when we do the thing. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, so let's just start at the very beginning of all okay. of this. So you design TTRPGs, right? Somebody doesn't just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to design a game. So like, what got you into TTRPGs? In the first so place. well, actually, they do. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I don't have a whole lot of background in tabletop. I played tabletop. Uh, I started with Pathfinder way back in high school. We did first edition Pathfinder, um, and then I GM'd some D and D games for friends, kind of through the years. And it's always been an interest of mine. But a lot of my role play experience comes from forum based role plays. Oh yeah. Um, that's actually where I met one of our designers, Grim, who you've gotten to know. Yeah. Was we met on a it was a one piece forum style role play. Oh my um, gosh, that is amazing! Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> and that was God. That was twelve years ago, and it just kind of took off. I used to in middle school. We a friend of mine and I used to pass notebooks back and forth between classes with writings in them, with our own characters, and then like it was self insert type shit. But we would, we, that's what we did back and forth all through middle school, high school. Um, and then it evolved to online forums and then Discord. So that's where all of my role play experience comes from. That's so cool. And it makes so much sense though, right? <laughs> because, okay, so like I've, I've played with you now a couple different times. And one of the things that I've noticed is like, so whenever we played the uh, Pathfinder 2 one shot, um, Fistful of Flowers, mm -hmm. at Dude, Where's My Drift? Um, 
something I know, like both, neither of us have a lot of experience in Pathfinder 2. We were just no. sort of like winging it, right? Yes. <laughs> but like, it didn't matter because like you and I are very similar in that like the role play is what we're there for. Like the mechanics yep. will follow after. Yep. Um, and so that makes so much sense why you just stepped in the game and you were such a badass immediately at it because I mean, mechanics are mechanics, but we're about the meat. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and it shows in my game design too. Yes. Um, I'm also a. So I actually, when I graduated um, graduate school, I found this program. It was this course for mental health professionals and really anybody. Um, Grimm is one of these too. We're therapeutic tabletop game masters. Yes. That's so cool. Uh, and you don't have to be a mental health professional to do it. But if you are wanting to make a career out of it, you do have to work under a mental health professional. Him and I have talked time and time again about it and one night we were just up we were just talking one of those can't sleep nights we were just up chatting and he went you know i bet you we could write tabletop games and i went what (laughs) he goes i bet you with because he's got years of tabletop experience he goes with my mechanic experience and our narrative experiences we could write tabletops and I was like, you're crazy. And we were up. It, we burnt ourselves out on this cyberpunk game. It is still in our backlogs. He still wants to release it and finish <laughs> it up one day. But it is a cyberpunk game with a Blades in the Dark-esque mechanic. And we spent... I We slept maybe four hours total that whole weekend. Because as soon as we were up, we were on this game. Now I want to see it. You're, one you're day. One day. He's bound this. determined. Yeah. <laughs> He's bound determined. But it was it was a lot of fun. We kind of burnt ourselves out on it. And we went, okay, we can't do this by ourselves because this is a lot. Because then we lot. started talking like, oh, we're going to need art. And oh, we're going to need this. And oh, we're going to need that. And I went, we need to take a couple of steps back. Yes. Yes. I think that's, I mean, in starting Slay the Stars, we were like, oh, it's fine. There's three of us. We should be able to do this. And every day now we're like, we wish there were more people here. <laughs> honestly i think it's incredible it's when i learned that there was only three of you two players and one game master i was like you're you're shitting me yeah and and like trying to do all the like the editing and like getting all the social media stuff done again it's 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 too much it's too much it's stuff so much for three people. i don't even know how you're writing games with six people that's insane creating a whole game like that um y'all are nuts but on that topic, was the cyberpunk game your first game that you created then? Yeah. Technically, oh. yes. It is unreleased. I'll have to send I'll send it to you. Yeah, I wanna I wanna see it. I'll send you the drive <laughs> link. But it is, it's unfinished. Um, but most of it's down and he's like bound determined to get it out. But we took a couple of steps back and we went, okay, hang on. And I asked him, I went, Hey, I bet you tend to nothing. There's jams for tabletop design. Yes. And he went, oh, I didn't even think about, like, itch.io jams. And so I went and looked. We found Caltrop Core Jam 2. You literally cannot fail. And we went, here we go. This is where we're starting. We gathered um, Fatalini, um, who you've come to know. Yes. He got his fiance Mimi involved. We got a couple of other people involved. And we went, okay, here it is. This is what we want to do. And they went, let's go. That's awesome. So yeah. what was the first game that you all released as a studio? Fuck Fairy Godmothers. Fuck Fairy Godmothers. Okay. <laughs> that yes. was that was about it was a year and a couple of months ago. We released Fuck Fairy Godmothers. It's a Caltrop core game. Um 
and it twists the idea of a fairy godmother on its head rather than this fairy godmother being this wonderful magical creature that grants all of your wishes um it's an eldritch being that tries to make you conform to society that is so much fun i actually haven't gotten to play that one which like now i really want to okay first of all the title is so good it immediately makes me go like i want to play that it's a Um, mess but it sounds like so much fun. It is a mess. Um, it's it's crazy. You build your character based on like who you are, what the godmother is trying to make you conform to, and you use and it uses a token system as well as the dice. But it uses a token system to help you gather like allies and stuff to face the fairy godmother. That's so cool. That's so cool. Made it in forty eight hours. I'm. I can't even fathom that. <laughs> Made it in 48. 48 hours. That's, and that's pushing it. Like, really, really, we maybe worked a total of 24 hours on the game. That's incredible. Yeah. Honestly. I, I don't even, I don't even know how. Um, so, the name for your company, where did that come from? So, that was, God, that was a long night, too. That was another one of those nights where Grim and, up were just, Grim and I were up real late. This is before we brought everybody else in. This is beforehand. Because we like, look, if we want to present this to everybody else, we need to have a solid plan. We need to have a name. We need to have solid plans for everything. Um, and he's like, why don't we start with a really big company name, which is Trauma Bond Studios. Mm-hmm. And then break it down into smaller groups. So you have Lost Guide Games. Um, the actual play stuff will actually be named Midnight Narratives. Because that's another idea. Him and Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other thing. I and love I'll get that to name, Midnight Narratives. That's so cool. Sorry, continue. I'm no, you're excited. good, and I'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. So, Trauma Bond Studios. Whenever, so there's three of us actually. It's Glass, who you'll get to meet in the actual play. Mm-hmm. Glass, Grim, and I met each other when we were like 12 years ago, when we were in really, really bad places, um, mentally, family-wise, what have you, and we all kind of bonded on that, on that trauma. We had trauma bonded, but. Trauma bond is usually used as a negative term, which makes sense. You hear it a lot as a negative term, and that makes sense. People who are stuck in their trauma tend to keep others stuck in their trauma. But we went the opposite direction. Um, We kind of sat in it for a little while and went, you know what? We're tired of being here. We are are sick of being so sad and so angry all the time. And I don't want to get better for me because that sounds exhausting. And at the time, you know, you're thinking self-worth-wise, you're not worth getting better for so let's get better for each other i love that so much so now it's trauma bond studios because that's where we are that's amazing so when i heard the name i was like this is so clever for a couple reasons um that number one is like you know (laughs) friends and you end up trauma bonding with your friends over things but also i feel like in ttrpg games there's sort of like a measure of that that happens in some of these like really emotional moments that happen in the games especially in your games because <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> you you write games to break my heart it's fine i, I do it's my job <laughs> yeah um and so yeah i mean i think there's a healthy measure of that in there yeah and i and i think that's a lot of it is is finding that healthy measure and then after soon after lost guide games came about um because the idea was to write games for people who felt lost. It was to write games for people to find a home in. Yeah. Um, and so that were Lost Guide Games. And then narrative, Midnight Narratives actually started before we even thought about writing tabletops. Um, 
we discovered, he discovered, and shared it with me, and we cried about it for like four hours as we went through the book itself, Wander Home. Oh, yeah. You you mentioned this to me before, but yeah. Wander Home, Wander Home and Fall of Magic. I played Fall of Magic when I went through the uh, Therapeutic Game Master course, and that changed my whole world. Fall of Magic was beautiful. It was a whole new way to look at tabletop. Are we, we're just telling stories through characters' point of view, and it's this beautiful story we've written together. And then Wander Home came about, and I went, yeah. Again, just changed my whole shift on narr- on tabletop. And um, so we went through Wander Home that night. He goes, I, you want to see a game that's going to break your heart? And I went, hell yeah, let's go. And we went through the entire book. We made characters on every single playbook. We fell in love with our, he fell in love with the veteran and I fell in love with the, um, oh my gosh, it's the first one in the book. It's got the crow. I can see it. It's the, the keeper, but they're the keeper of all the little forgotten gods. And their job is to find all the little forgotten gods a home. Yeah. Yeah. Fell in love with it. That was my whole thing. That, that became my whole personality. Oh my God. For a little while. Um, and it was beautiful. And so our safe word was the bees are very cute. Oh, that's how we knew we needed to move on from a topic because we're like, the bees are very cute. And he's like, yep, the bees are very cute. And we'd move on. Oh, that's really (laughs) sweet. And so, um, and so that completely, that changed everything for us. And we talked about how we should do a wonder home game. Um, and it was originally just going to be him and I. Because you don't see a whole lot of like platonic relationships between male and female, especially in especially in the TTRPG world. They always mm-hmm. tend to go a little romantic because that's just how it is. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. But we wanted to do this very platonic relationship between two friends going on a journey together. And we were going to make them late at night and release them late at night for those people who couldn't sleep, for those people who were just trying to make it to the sunrise. Again, something for people to find a home in. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where Midnight Narratives came from. (laughs) That's seriously beautiful. And I would love that. I would listen to it like sleep stories. That's that's kind of was the idea. And he was like, oh, and then we could bring people on, you know, to come either as guests for a couple episodes. Maybe they only stay for one episode. But that's okay because sometimes we have to say goodbye to people. It is so funny that you mentioned this because that was literally the idea behind Slay the Stars. That's why we have two players and they're very platonic. And we it, we bought a fourth mic in the beginning so that we had a mic for guests so that we could bring people in and they would leave for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Because I, I agree with you. We need more platonic friendships out there. Not Listen, I am a sappy romantic person. I will listen to all the romantic stuff. I enjoy sure. it. But also, there yeah. is something about like featuring these really strong friendships that's just like really comfy and cozy yep and it's a found family thing i mean i think especially our generation being closer to the same age our generation is very we ate up found family we did we did we ate it up yeah and so in order to you know to show this more platonic love this found family love that was a huge thing for us yeah i love it i I would listen to that so much (laughs) well i will let you know when it starts yes please (laughs) <laughs> yes, please do that. Um, okay, so we've already touched on this one a little bit, but like your co-workers, let's talk about them. Uh, feature them a little bit, you know? Yes. Because they're wonderful. They are. They are. So I've talked about Grim. Um, he is one of my very best friends. Might as well call him a brother of mine. 
been friends for 12 years. He's the one that approached me with the tabletop idea. He is, I like to call him my mechanics person. Yeah. Um, that's his whole thing is mechanics. He's very, very good at them. He understands them at a fundamental level. In fact, right now he is doing a, well, except right now he sent me a TikTok, but right now he's supposed <laughs> to be doing a Blades in the Dark style. Um, he's supposed to be doing Blades in the Dark and it's he's teaching people Blades in the Dark, basically. Okay. Because he's so good at breaking things down at a fundamental level and being neurodivergent it makes sense for other people who are neurodivergent. He's able to really do that. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and then our two other ones that you really, really probably see a lot are Fatalini, who is one of our digital artists, or she is actually our digital artist. Um, she's our digital artist who do, who's done all, most of the art for Neon Shadows. She is also our illustrator. So our other design our other artist is fluffy mm -hmm. he does traditional style art pen and paper scans it in sends it to fatality who digitizes it and illustrates it too wow she does a beautiful job um beautiful job she doesn't actually have any tabletop experience this was just something she was really like yeah let's go i'm into it she's a really good hype person huh yeah i mean Love her a bit. i've definitely noticed like on your streams and stuff like that she's she's the best she is. And again, she might as well be my sister. Um, I tell people she's my sister all the time. In fact, I told people, I was like, hey, I'm going to Gen Con with my sister. Here's our schedule. Just because it was like, yeah, I mean, might as well. Might as well. Yeah. I mean, again, we eat the found family thing up. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah. She's fantastic. Um, we've been friends for uh, five or six years now. We just kind of instantly clicked. Um, and then Fluffy, who is actually a recent addition in my life. I've only known him. For a very short time, um, we played Minecraft together. I met him through Glass, who I'll get to. Um, we played Minecraft, and everybody was like, well, what's Fluffy like? Before we bring him on board as an artist, what's Fluffy like? And I was like, so he's really nice. Meanwhile, my idea of nice is he went and caught an axolotl for me in Minecraft. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, that's it. That's all I had to go off of. <laughs> he seems nice. I don't know. <laughs> and so everybody's like, well, how do you know he's nice if you've never really interacted with him? And I was like, well, he, he went and caught me an axolotl in Minecraft and let me name it and built me a tank for him. And everybody's like, Britain, that is not, that doesn't make a nice person. <laughs> I think um, it's definitely in the plus column, though. <laughs> right, yeah. right. He is fantastic. He's also one of our playtesters. Um, so you'll actually meet him in the actual play also. That would be awesome. He is wonderful. He, we all call him dad. He's like the dad we don't want to disappoint. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then there's, then there's Mimi, who is Grimm's fiance. Um, she has, she's more of the horror based stuff. So she made Paramnesia, which is an awesome, awesome rules light horror game. Yes. Um, fantastic rules light horror game. She did all of the art for it. She's also an artist. Um, she was working on creating chibi-style Norse, so the Norse not work for their dragons and monsters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But chibi-style. I can't even picture that in my brain. Like, I want to see it's this. It's so cute. Yeah. It was precious. Um, she's also phenomenal. She brings a lot of really good business ideas when we have our meetings and we start talking. She's like, hey, let's organize this way. She's also my spreadsheet wizard because I am not. Everybody needs a spreadsheet wizard. Yeah. yeah. That's Arthur is our spreadsheet wizard. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> um, and then and then there's Glass. I'm trying to like go down the list of people. 
<laughs> we have a few. And not all of them are as active as, like, Grim and I are. Grim and I are probably... Grim, Fatalini, and I, actually, are probably the most active sure. in front. And then behind the scenes as well. And then Fluffy, along with that, more behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, Glass is starting to... Had a lot of things going on in the very beginning of everything. But he's starting to come into his own. Um, he likes to do voice work. That's one of his favorite things to do. Loves voice work. He's also a fantastic artist. Um, in fact, you'll also see him in the actual play. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I, I've run into him a couple times at some of your streams. Um, he he like popped on during one of your work streams or something. And there was one point in time when you were talking about um, Neon Shadows and recording some of the voiceover bits that he was there that said he was interested in doing that or something. So, yes, yeah. he really likes the voice work. And honestly, he's he's not bad at it. He's pretty good at it. Yeah, that's cool. So I'm excited. That's super exciting. It sounds like you have an awesome group. And I mean, I've met four of the six of you. So, you know. Well, and you've seen Zerker online. Zerker is yes. helping us with web stuff. He's another one of my business people. He's a more of a background person also. He's really more into the video game streams and stuff. But I also run to him and be like, hey, business idea. I need my business person. Uh, <laughs> how does this work? <laughs> Uh, it is nice to have so many different people with different skill sets so you can like bounce ideas off of the people who this is in their wheelhouse. Um, thousand percent. It saves you from having to learn a thousand skills instead of being able to focus on what you want to focus on. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, as the community, more community person, they always come to me with like, hey, who do I ask about this? And I'm like, oh, I got you. I got you. I know everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So you have released a decent amount of projects now with your studio. If you had to pick one that is that you are most proud of that is currently released, what would you pick? Can I pick two? No, you can Because I know exactly one. which one. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, okay. You can pick two. Because <laughs> they go together. So okay, they go together. That's fine. That's fine. So it's the same story from two different points of view, and it's in the far reaches and on the earth below. Yes. I, when I discuss, it's built on Guided by the Sun by W W.H. Arthur, um, who made Soul Survivor, which is an awesome game. But I discovered Guided by the Sun and went, oh yeah, no, I need this in my life 15 times in 15 different ways. <laughs> so I decided to work on a passion project and it started with In the Far Reaches. Um, it started because when... Graham and I did a little bit of Wander Home. In Wander Home, you make myths for your first town. You create the myths for your first town. And it gives you these little prompts. And one of the prompts was the star, it was the star who fell to earth. And I just, it was like 3 a.m. And I'm like falling asleep to this story that Grim is just weaving out his ass. (laughs) (laughs) like it was beautiful um it's again the sleepy time story type stuff it was gorgeous and it was this beautiful story of this star who would go over the sky and watch the people below as they built their town um and one day she decided to fall to earth and she knew she wouldn't survive the fall to earth but she loved the people below so much that she fell to earth to teach them about the stars and learn about the people yeah yeah it's yeah this like a Sounds whole story he's telling me and heartbreaking uh-huh right mm-hmm. right and so he uh yeah and so now every year they hold a festival called the festival of stars 
to honor her memory and what she taught everybody about the stars. That's so sweet. And so I was like, I was like, okay, I'm turning this into a game. Yeah. And I did. And that's where In the Far Reaches came from. Um, and it's honestly one of my favorite games I've ever made. And then I made the reverse of that, which is the same story from the point of view of Earth on the Earth below. So it's In the Far Reaches and on the Earth below. It's so good. Uh, you can actually play them together, too. I wrote rules to be able to play them together. I didn't know there were rules to play them together. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, for people listening, uh, full disclosure, uh, we are planning to play in the far reaches. We were supposed to play it earlier, but personal life stuff. But it's going oh, to happen um, because it's so beautiful. Honestly, in the layout, it's so pretty. Thank you. It's so Thank pretty. You. Oh, my God. I loved it. Like, literally, I pulled up on my computer. My face was like, <gasps> thank you. <laughs> this is so cool. Uh, okay. So let's get into the meat of what we really want to be talking about, which is sure. Neon Shadows. Your of baby. Course. Yes. What inspired it? It was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's what inspired it. So I'm at work one day and I was like, you know, I was listening to a song. That's what it was. I was listening to a song. Um, there's this band called, it's actually One Person. I'll have to look them up later. But they did Enneagram. They did songs based off, he did songs based on the Enneagrams. That's cool. And Type 2 popped up. As I'm sitting there doing, you know, doing my paperwork at work, Type 2 popped up. And so I sent a quick message and I was like, you know, I bet you you could make really cool characters based on the nine Enneagram types total joke did not mean it was not serious at all and they all went huh half of them didn't even know what enneagrams were so they went and looked it up took their type test Graham, who knew exactly what i was talking about was like you know you really could took me completely seriously and now here we are a year later with neon shadows yeah i so when when I originally saw that you were working on a game just called Neon Shadows, not knowing anything about it. I expected like kind of like a cyberpunky sort of feel. But then whenever I saw that it was based on like Enneagram types, I was like, what is this? Like what? <laughs> uh, and then like getting the the playtest document and stuff, I was like, this is genius. Um, the Thank mechanics you. are like nothing I've ever seen before. How did you come up with these mechanics? That was all Grim. I really have to give all credit to Grim on those mechanics. Um, we went back and forth for a long time. So it started with the framework of belonging outside belonging. Because again, Wander Home changed my whole life. Yes. So that's where it started. It started with this framework of belonging outside belonging with the questions that you ask characters. And of course, that also reflects in all of my tabletops. Because you will always answer questions for your character development in sure. my tabletops. Um, and... So we were working on it, we were working on it, working on it. And we also went back and forth with the aesthetic. What kind of aesthetic did we want? And we went with Aether. Because we wanted that arcane punk kind of fantasy look to it. I don't, so we I went with it. Aether. Uh, but, so, Grim went, hang on, time out. I have to have some kind of mechanic to this. I need a little bit of crunch in this game. It's a very non-crunchy game. And I need just a, just a little bit of crunch. And I have an idea that'll go with the Enneagrams. And I, so I'm like, all right, I'm listening. When you look at the Enneagram breakdown, the nine types, they are sorted into three categories of three. You have the body, which is eight, nine, and one. You have emotion types, which is two, three, and four. 
And you have logic types, which is five, six, and seven. Okay. And he went, okay, so what if we took the card suits, diamonds, clubs, hearts, and matched them to those three? And I went, okay, well, what are we going to do with spade? He goes, spade's going to be fate. You can't control what happens at the end of the day. You can never control what fate throws your way. So spades is going to be fate. And here's the breakdown of my idea. And I went, yep. <laughs> it's it's so genius. And like, at first it kind of threw me for a loop because I'm like, I don't know if I really understand this. And then the moment we started playing, I'm like, this makes so much sense. It's so intuitive the way you play through this game. Um, mm -hmm. You know, coming from a standpoint where like basically every game I play involves dice, right? Mm -hmm. um, having this game with no dice, but with a deck of cards and having so much meaning behind them. It's so fascinating. It's Thank so you. fascinating. Um, during this play test that we've been running, I know that behind the scenes, you and Grimm and everybody have been kind of like making little tweaks and stuff like that. How have you, is this your past games you've released have you done big play tests like this before or is this like your first time doing like a play test like this and how is that going for you yeah so we've done we've done little play tests like when we released burnt matches of course we went through a game of burnt matches um when we released in the far reaches we did a little in-house play testing of in the far reaches and of paramnesia um but they're always so little and they're all they don't, we don't ever really finish the game at the end of the day because it's just a couple hours long. Let's see how to make sure the mechanics run. Okay, good, done. All right, release. Um, because I'm impatient. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> because I, I'm impatient. Yes. And so, um, and so when we were looking at Neon Shadows, I was like, we have to do a big playtest. This is a brand new mechanic that we've introduced to the whole system. Mm -hmm. um, this is, we need to make sure it makes sense. We need to make sure it plays well. We need to make sure, because him and I would get on that little playing cards thing. Sure. And... We would, like, play around with it just to, hey, if I play this, what do you get? Okay, if I play this, okay, well, let's do war and do war it out because now we're matching. And But it was never anything big. This is actually our first big playtest where we've done over multiple sessions in a game. And it's been great. I've really liked it, mainly because I have wonderful playtesters who are helping me out. <laughs> but... um also because it is helpful because then I've got you and then Craig Tezrak who are also looking at it going, Hey, this kind of makes sense, but not really. And we're like, cool, great. We're going to rewrite it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's something that I, I did want to point out about this is because I have done other play tests in the past or, you know, even just help people with their passion projects and stuff that like people don't actually want to hear the feedback. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you and Grim, you're like on top of that. You're like, Heck no, like, oh, this doesn't make sense. Let me change this. Oh, this word, you're right. This this word could be different because I know like, uh, what is it? The growth and- Growth and stress. Growth and stress. You guys have like cycled through a lot of different phrasing for those two main mechanics of trying to get it right. And I think what you've settled on is just, it's so good. Thank you. It's so good. Thank you. Because that was, that was a big thing. Because we were talking about, you know, oh, well, stress sounds bad. And we don't want people to think that, oh, if my character stresses out, that's a bad thing. Because it's not. It's just a different form of character development. Yeah. And so that's when stabilization and disruption came into play. Because, yeah, you're going to disrupt your character a little bit. What has happened has disrupted your character a little bit. And it's caused growth in a different way. Yes. And and I, I that is something that I love so much. Because, I mean, 
as somebody who's dealt with like mental health stuff my whole life, there's like this negative stigma against like traumas, stressors, whatever in your Mm -hmm. past. But at the end of the day, like not looking at it negatively and trying to look at it as like a disruption that you're growing from. It's such a healthy way. And the game is modeling healthy behaviors for real life. It's genius. Because one mental health professional and a therapeutic GM who I'm pushing in that direction slowly. (laughs) Um, who He actually wanted to be a mental health professional, but that's a different story. And so, so you've got two people who really give a shit about mental health going, Hey, let's make a game. And kind of fortunately, but also unfortunately that comes through in how we build our games. Listen, I love it. I love (laughs) it. Your games are so deep and like, that's, that's something a lot, a lot of games. So like your very popular games like Pathfinder and D and D and stuff like that, they're about they're more about the mechanics, right? There's a lot of role oh, yeah. play in them, and depending on the table, things can swing one way or the other. But you get a lot of combats, you get a lot of like fantasy stuff. There's there always feels like there's a wall, right? It's like you're here, your character's here, and you're kind of like looking through a mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Versus a game like Neon Shadows, though, where I feel like it takes some of that out of the way right especially when you play your own enneagram type like i did for the yeah. play test and <laughs> uh you're kind of there's a lot of like self-insertion there right and like you're doing a lot of this growing along with the character and it's just it's genius for people looking for a more in-depth experience with role-playing games can't beat it i appreciate that and it really we were inspired by the indie indie community in general you see that a lot yeah um uh toys and terrors i can't remember who off the top of my head who made toys and terrors toys and terrors excellent um you're a toy you and your group are toys come to life and a nightmare the nightmare demon came and stole your child's joy and you have to go into their nightmares and get it back um, i've never heard of this game yeah it's caltrop um and then in an instant is also caltrop in an instant is what is important to you at the end um you're a photographer of some kind at the end of the human experiment something has happened to cause the end of the world and you have an instant camera that can only hold three photos on it so what is important to you at the end of the world what is important for you to capture and photograph at the end of the world oh my god (laughs) yeah that's also caltrop and then a bunch of solo games too my mother's kitchen by fleet fantastic game they did a beautiful job i played that on a stream recently um nomadic by Fari rpgs beautiful game yeah. ghost fee by uh ellie wonderful game that's so much fun i there's so many of these games that i've heard of that are on my itch list that i've purchased that i have not had time to play um and like half of the games you've mentioned are on that list so yeah <laughs> I, I need to make time because now i am inspired yeah um, and if you like folk horror cassie mothwin is, is yes. Cassie mothwin yeah yes, yes. A thousand percent yes um but uh you decided you guys are kickstarting neon shadows yep. uh what made you decide to go the kickstarter route so that was that was a hard conversation to have um we went back and forth for a long time on are we ready for this do we have enough of a building are we ready for this and i you know we talked about it and i grim and i kind of came to the conclusion of you're never really ready for it you kind of just have to jump and hope you make it yes um 
And of course, there's wonderful people in the community I've connected with. Uh, Andy from Pandion Games, RP from Fire RPGs, who have been through this before, and I'm lucky enough to have them to ask questions. Definitely. Um, Hatchling has a tier on their coffee that helps you, you know, you get this tier on coffee and they help you build your Kickstarter. And that's what we're doing, too. So we've got Hatchling in the background with us, working with us. Oh, that's awesome. Um, And we, after Zine Month is really when I went, February, I really went, okay, we need, we need to try this. Let's, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. If we fall on our face, it costs us nothing. It costs nobody else anything. And we release a PDF version anyway. Yeah. And we try again later. 1000%. I agree. I think that, yeah, I mean, you don't lose anything. And like, I personally, I think it's going to be huge. So that's just (laughs) my opinion. But I I love that you're going for it. That's kind of what it is. You, You just do it scared. Do it scared. I love it. You just do it scared. Um... So, when is your Kickstarter releasing? So, currently it is in pre-launch. Um, and it's a good idea to go ahead and get on the pre-launch for, to get the early bird special, which is only going to go live for 48 hours. It is a great deal to get both the PDF and the physical copy of the game in one bundle for a discounted price. But the official Kickstarter goes live August 1st. Oh, man. Almost there. Almost. Yeah, I know. I, I am all kinds of excited and nervous i can imagine uh can you give us any behind the scenes details like are are there going to be interesting tiers and goodies and things like that always oh my gosh um so we have talked about stickers <gasps> stickers are going to be a big big thing oh yeah i love we stickers are, i need we're sticker people yes we have stretch goals so we're going to have some guest writers on our playable journals which offer a kind of framework to a very frameless game mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're doing in the play test is that is that playable journal and it offers a framework it offers um it offers NPCs, a how did we get here, and a totally filled in map with filled in district details. Um, so we're going to have a bunch of those as add-ons. I'm really excited about those. We also are, if stretch goals, we're going to have a couple of guest writers if we meet those stretch goals that make playable journals for us. Oh, so cool. That's so cool. And I'm so curious who those people might be. I don't want to yeah. know all these things. Um, all right. Any other projects you have on the horizon that you want to give uh, little spoilery details about? So um, he's not here. It's fine. I'm going to spoil <laughs> Grimm's game a little bit. Ooh, I'm excited for it. Yay. So Grimm is working on a passion project himself. Um, it is kind of like In the Far Reaches and On the Earth Below. It is two separate solo games that can be played together as a duo game. Okay. Um, and one of them is the view of the villain. And one of them is the view of the hero. Oh. Yeah. That's genius. And, and it's yeah. one of those and, things you hear it. You're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Why have I not played this yet? And it's, I'm ex- so excited for it. Um, he's working on those as his own little passion project. That is really cool. Um, I can't wait to see that because Grimm's clearly very intelligent when it comes to he's these games. He's a beautiful mechanics. storyteller. Yeah, and he's, he's going to listen to this episode and be like, no, I'm not. I'm trash. No. He's a beautiful storyteller, and he knows it. Yeah, he's wonderful. Um, I've had a lot of fun playing with him. Good. Um, But I think that wraps up all of my questions. Um, Please shout out all your social media, your websites, anything you want people to know, where people can find you, all that stuff. 
Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Corrosive Squid. You can also, I also run the Lost Guide Games at Lost Guide Games. I'm more active on my Corrosive Squid profile just because I tend to forget the other one exists most days. Um, yep. <laughs> I am also on Mastodon at Lost Guide Games. That's the only Mastodon that I run. Um, of course, Tumblr, Corrosive Squid, and we decided to make a TikTok. So you can find me and all my shenanigans at Lost Guide Games on TikTok. If you're not sick of seeing my face on Twitch, never Corrosive Squid on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody go follow Squidzy on everything. Watch her streams on Twitch. They're so entertaining. And listen, I'm a huge <laughs> horror game fan. So getting to watch one of my favorite people play horror games is just like. Well, and Vitalini and Zerker and Asta, I mean, I couldn't do that without them. They're wonderful. They are Vitalini or Zerker and I shenanigans all over the place. Yes. Y'all are hilarious to watch. It is a very entertaining, especially when I'm trying to work on podcast stuff and I need distracted. Best distractions in town. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was so much fun. Um, and I can't wait to uh, see Neon Shadows when it releases in all of its glory because I'm obviously going to back it. <laughs> I, I'm so excited to share it. Like I said, it's been my baby for a year. Almost, it's been a, about a year and a half now. It's been my baby. And so I'm very excited and very scared to share it. Awesome. Awesome. It's going to be great. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Intro music by Isaac Viers. Character designs by Cam Gonzalez. Produced by Leah Hemrick. Graphics designer Jen Kearney and audio engineer Arthur Polino.